When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> To the Dungeon of Doom, I'm Kyle Mikey, Lions beat writer for MLive, joined as always by Ben Raven. Um, we're sighing. <laughs> it's 2 a.m. We're at uh, AT&T uh, Stadium here in Dallas. Um, let's just start with the score. Cowboys 20, Lions 19. Um, apparently there were 59 other minutes of football played in this game, but the one obviously that matters the most, Ben, that feels the most for... The Lions for Dan Campbell, uh, for Lions fans certainly, is that final minute. 23 seconds left to be exact. Amon Ross St. Brown caps a really efficient, really remarkable final minute drive. Pulls the Lions within one. Um, Dan Campbell had already told his offense, we're going to score right here. And when we do, we're going for two. Now, he, it's week 17. Um, he had no interest in playing overtime. And they bust out a beautiful play. With, with They overload the right side of the offensive line. They got Taylor Decker as the eligible receiver. Decker um, leaks out into the corner of the end zone. Goff lofts a, a perfect pass to him, Ben. Um, and he catches it. The, the big man who, who just logged his 100th start at left tackle, who, you know, those guys don't get a lot of glory. He's been around for terrible times he's around for the good times now and he had his moment in the in the sun his moment in the spotlight sending the lines to an improbable win um a shot at the two seed or the one seed and he turns around and there's laundry on the field in dallas again uh, i've talked a long time ben jump in here what was your thought when he catches that pass and then you see um, a flag on the field it was just like you know, we're used to Dan Skipper reporting as eligible. They announced it over the intercom. Skipper's eligible, but it was just like just shock. Like, what's this flag here? And then they move back to the seven yard line. They get to go back to the two yard line and they still go for two. Cause like you said, no interest in overtime. The division's clinched, the playoff is clinched. But just my takeaway from it is that the Lions tricked the Cowboys. They tricked the officials. Because the pool report is basically like, Dan Skipper always is the eligible receiver. We assumed it was him on this one. And I mean, we all have eyeballs. We've seen the video evidence. We've seen the multiple camera angles. It's pretty clear. I mean, we've seen Jared Goff, Brad Galley just posted the field level view. It's like Dan Campbell screaming, I told you about this. He said he told the officials about basically that before the game to look out for it. You see Decker reporting himself as eligible. Skipper 
in Dan Skipper fashion in the locker room is like, I didn't say anything. So let's just maybe uh, roll the tape on yeah. Skipper because he's the man at the at the at the center of this. Um, and like you said, he does report eligible quite a lot. I think that's mm-hmm. you know it, to give the benefit of the doubt as much as we can to the officials. He's a big man who reports eligible a lot. Taylor Decker almost never does. Yep. Um, but they did tell the officials about this particular play before the game, which is very common um, procedure when you have a trick play. You want the officials to know, hey, this like this might be, look a little funky, but here's exactly what we're doing. Be on the lookout for it. The Lions did that, and the officials still biffed it. Um, so here's Dan Skipper very briefly and very color- colorfully insisting that he did not report as eligible. Because I got very few words that aren't going to get me fined. Let's leave it at that. That's it. I didn't say anything. Let's move along. Did, can you say who reported? I didn't. I did not say a word to the official. So the ref. I'd like to not f- any spot. Thanks, guys. Thanks, sir. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, very color- colorful, like I said. And now let's roll a little bit on. Taylor Decker, who did report as eligible, as instructed during practice all week, um, you know, before the game, there's even, uh, you can see there's video all over the internet of Jared Goff pushing him out of the huddle to go report, which he does, and then he comes back. Um, so here's here's Decker on his um, version of events. Um, I mean, all I really want to say on it, just so I don't get myself into trouble, is, I mean, I did exactly what coach told me to do, and um, went to the ref, said report. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, it was my understanding, too, that, you know, Dan brings up the possibility of those sorts of plays pregame. So uh, I did did what I was told to do, did how we did it in practice all week. And, uh, I mean, that's probably all I'm really going to touch on with that. It looked like Jared did tell you to go over there, and you were all over there. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's not much more I can add to it. I mean, there's see the video of it. and is what it is, I guess. What does it say about this team that they fought and got themselves back in position to make that play? I mean, I would say that we had a lot of opportunities earlier in the game, and we didn't play clean enough offensively. Hats off to our defense. They played a hell of a game. Um, so definitely want to give those guys credit. And ultimately, like, when it came down to it, we, we tried to make all the plays we could, and we just came up one short. They called the they called the penalty, and it's like, all right, well, let's, let's line back up and let's make the play. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it at that point. We just have to move on to the next play and try to – Try to score, um, try to win the game. So it's kind of a gut punch, but you got to turn the page real quick because you got about 20 seconds before you, got, uh, before you get to run another play. I didn't get any explanation. I, I wasn't going to go talk to him in the game. That's probably never a good idea for a player who's a little hot. Um, so I, I didn't even talk to him. When you turned around and, and saw a flag, what, what went through your mind at that point? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's not the, the flag I would have expected, but, you know. I don't know. Just kind of, like I said, just kind of have a gut punch. Ben, I think, you know, like, listen, anyone reading me or, or listening to us knows that I hate official blaming. It's usually a loser's lament. Every team has calls go against them. Every single team in this league. It's just the bad ones that are victimized by it a lot. And that's obviously been the Lions for forever. And so it felt like the Lions were always on the short end of these calls. Um even though I think they probably experienced the same number of um, bad calls going against them as any other team. But this one felt especially bad because they did everything right. They told the officials about the play. Decker, you can see him reporting as eligible. 
the play, you know, it's very, very well designed. Essentially what happens is they overload the right side of the offensive line with Dan Skipper. So Dan Skipper is effectively the right tackle, which makes Panay Sewell the right guard, which makes um, Graham Glasgow technically the center. And then you have Frank Regnow, who's usually the center and does have the football, but he's lined up at the left guard spot, which has Jonah Jackson to his left shoulder as the left tackle. And wouldn't you know it, it frees up Taylor Decker to be a tight end, essentially. He lines up at the tight end spot, and that that's why he can be the eligible receiver, and it fools Dallas. As you can imagine, in a compressed time period like that, there's a lot of eyes. I mean, it's, it's just hard to account for that kind of thing to, to see what you're looking at. And I'm on Ross St. Brown, who's lined up as the wide receiver to the left, leaks out to the right. Taylor Decker goes into the left corner of the end zone. There's nobody there. It it works so beautifully. It's the big man touchdown. It uh, Well, not touchdown, but two-point conversion. Uh, and not only like wins the game and like confirms your your ability to get the number two seed or maybe even the number one seed, but man, like I said, the poetry of it to a team built around the offensive line to give the left tackle the most tenured player on the whole team, a guy who never touches the football, um, who you know usually isn't in headlines and and all that. Like he has his moment in the sun in Dallas, and they take it away from him, and it's just it really is a gut wrenching call. Yeah, it kills me just because it's perfect execution, perfect planning, perfect time to whip that out. And it's just, it's tough to see them get punished for that for sure. We've heard from Decker. We've heard some Skipper. I'm going to read you the contradictory pull report from referee Brad Allen from after the game, courtesy. Of the Gird your loins, loyal readers. Yeah. It is going to be a, a, it is going to be a ball buster. Yeah. This is wild. All right. So Brad Allen, quote unquote. So we had a situation where if you were going to have an ineligible number occupy an eligible position, you have to report that to the referee. On this particular play, number 70, who had reported during the game a couple of times, assumption, reported to me as eligible. Then he lined up at the tackle position, so actually, he didn't have to report at all. Number 68, who ended up going downfield and touching the pass, did not report. Like I said, we all have eyeballs. Therefore, he is ineligible touching a pass that goes behind the line, which makes it a foul. So the issue is number 70 did report, number 68 did not. Mm. The Lions players are trying to avoid being fined, and they're Mm. saying what they did, and the (laughs) Brad Allen is essentially saying, nah, you're lying. So... Messy man. So we're you have to keep in mind we're recording this in the hours after this all happened. There's going to be more fallout. There's going to be a review. Inevitably, the NFL is going to come out and say, "Hey, we messed this up." Mm -hmm. Uh, And if they don't say it publicly, they'll at least do it privately. And the lines will for sure put in um, to have this play reviewed. That's standard practice with play with yeah with plays like. Ben, I was literally thinking earlier in this game, I was literally thinking to myself, hmm, I'm in seat 20. Is that the same exact seat that I was in for the Anthony Hitchens play in 2014? I mean, the Lions are no stranger yeah. to be on the short end of calls. And they had another big one here in 2014 in the playoffs where Brandon, Brandon Pettigrew was running a route, was interfered with, the officials threw the flag, they assessed the penalty, they got ready for the next play, then blow their whistle and say, hey, wait a second. We're actually not going to call that play. They roll the football back to the original line of scrimmage and say, sorry. And the Lions ended up having to punt. Sam Martin, shake the uh, yeah. he shanked the punt. Yeah. Cowboys come back the other way on the very next drive, uh, score a go-ahead touchdown. Lions never lead again. They never come close to winning a playoff again. And everyone remembers that play. And I've always said, Ben, like that game – yeah, that penalty, the Pettigrew play, hurt. Yeah. 
but they also went the better part of three quarters in that game. Like they started really fast in that game. And then they went three quarters without scoring an offensive touchdown. It's really hard to win on the road in the playoffs against a really good team when you play like that. And so I always said like, yeah, that play hurt, but like the Lions had opportunities to win that game yeah. and they didn't do enough. And that's what, that's what happens when you play on the razor's edge, when you're just not good enough to put away teams. This game felt different. Like the Lions did enough to win. They were there. 23 seconds left. Like, barring a miracle, they're winning that game. And the refs took it away from them. And again, I, I hate saying stuff like that because I just don't like the official blaming. I think it's a loser's lament. But in this game, I think that there's like, we'll see what the fallout is like in the next few days. But I don't think there's any way the ref's hands are clean after this. Like, no. like they they boned this call. They botched this call, and it's going to go in the pantheon of of calls that have gone against the Lions in pretty spectacular fashion. Yeah, you guys have permission to be pissed off about this one because I've never been so convicted and like, my God, they got this taken away from them. Because like you said, man, this was – Jared Goff throws that brutal interception deep in their own territory. They hold the Cowboys to a field goal. They're in this game. They sprint down the field in the two-minute drill. Fantastic stuff. Score the touchdown. And it's just, it was such an exciting back-and-forth game. I saw so many tweets like, oh, my God, this is one of the best games of the season. Like, what an exciting game. And here we are. What has it been, 15 minutes? And we're talking about one play. It's just, I hate this so much. This officiating crew's had some trouble this year. I saw Adam Schefter tweeting that stuff out. And it's just... It sucks, man. I want to sit here and talk about a great game and stuff. It would have been uh, – it just it really does feel like – this one feels wrong. It feels really wrong because it feels like assumption and like, god dang, man, they did everything they were supposed to do. They did everything they were supposed to do. And if you want yet more evidence of the wrongness of the verdict, <laughs> look – no further than Dan Campbell's press conference. I, I've covered every one of those except for the time that I had COVID, like whenever. And I've never seen, like we've seen different shades of Dan Campbell. We, we've seen him cry. We've seen him um, express regret over like decision-making. Usually he's just, um, you know, a um, pretty optimistic guy, um, no matter what. Um, today we saw him pissed and it was the first time. I, I don't, I, I don't recall ever seeing Dan Campbell that pissed. We saw it on the field. He like ran out in the field and was talking to the officials. Um, and you can understand why. He told them before the game, this we're gonna run this play. And they still totally botched which player, which big white guy was saying to them, Hey, <laughs> I'm eligible. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think that's exactly what happened is they got used to hearing Dan Skipper say, yeah. Hey, I'm eligible. Mm -hmm. And a big white offensive lineman comes over and says, Hey, I'm eligible. And they just didn't bother to look at the uniform number. I, I like there can be no other like plausible explanation. Maybe there's something else. Yeah. Um, but like that, to my knowledge, is probably what happened. What's going on, everyone? Ben Raven with MLive's Detroit Lions Beat here. Just want to point you in the direction of MLive's new Dungeon of Doom Insider Tech service. Sign up now for a 14-day free trial. And then after that, it's only $4.99 a month to text with myself, to text with Kyle Monkey, and to text with Corey Woods. And not only are you going to get updates and analysis from us with some one-on-one -on -one individual conversations on the side, but you're going to be on the front line to be featured on MLive's Dungeon of Doom podcast when we come calling for mailbag questions. Once again, check out joinsubtext.com slash Dungeon of Doom. 14-day free trial, $4.99 after that. Dan Campbell was so pissed on the field, like pleaded his case. Of course, it didn't go anywhere. And after the game, 
I've never seen him that upset. He like at one point like didn't he was take he took his gum out. Of, first of all, the whole thing went like less than four minutes. Yeah. Usually they're like ten. Uh, he was just so pissed. Uh, at one point, he took his gum out and didn't know what to do with it. And a lion staffer gave him a sheet of paper to like give it give it to him to like roll up his gum or whatever. But Dan Campbell misinterpreted what was happening and like it's like what, what, I don't know what to do with this. Like like growling, you know. Uh, and at one point, he was asked about his frustration. Um, and he kind of went off just a little bit. As far as Dan Campbell does, it wasn't like a real, like all out going out, but he told the reporter, like, I'm just frustrated. We took an L and I hate taking L's. I, I hate losing. And he showed an irritable side to him. Uh, uh, that I, I just hadn't seen that level of, um, he was just fed up. No, on the field screaming, I told you, like, yeah. beat red. And I, I looked back, I was waiting to get in the locker room and watching the live stream of the Campbell stuff. And I saw him like, crinkle up a piece of paper and throw it into the corner. But no, you're 100% right. Never, ever seen the red beating angry face of Dan Campbell like that. And just, man, I'm so fascinated what the league response is going to be to this. Like, how how do they address this? What do what can they say? Because they have to say something. I yeah. mean, my God, this was two playoff teams, two contenders playing some great football back and forth game. It's just, we're not even talking about it. You know what it kind of reminded me of? I was talking to our boss, uh, Josh Lochter, about this um, uh, after the game. I think in time, we might remember this game in the same arena as the uh, coin flip game on, on Thanksgiving, oh, like I with see. Jerome yeah, Bettis yeah, yeah. a number of years ago, <laughs> where the official heard one thing, he called another, the Lions got the football because of it. Jerome Bettis is like basically WTF, like, <laughs> like I dude, just I got to give up all tails, right? But he, <laughs> official messed it up. Um, Lions get the ball, they score, they win the game. Like, obviously the officials screwed up which guy was saying, hey, like, I'm eligible. Like, there's video of Taylor Decker walking over there and saying, like, I'm, you, can, you can see him mouth, yep. like, I'm eligible. <laughs> you can see Jerry Goff pushing him over there to do it. Like, he clearly did it. He says he did it. Dan Skipper says he didn't do it. There's no video of Dan Skipper, like, having conversation with the officials. There's plenty of video of Taylor Decker having conversation with the officials. It's... Right now, it's he said, he said, but I think in time, we're going to come to think of this as like a coin flip game where the officials just totally misunderstood what what somebody had said on the field, and it changed the outcome of a game. Gosh, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what to say about it, man. It, it's just it's just baffling. It, it's absolutely baffling. We hate talking about this crap. I hate the official stuff. It's a loser's lament, but like this week. Um, it's the topic. It's, well, they, it's just a spectacular. Like I've never seen anything like it before. Yeah, you know. And this, he said, they said stuff after the game is fascinating. It's just what a bad, what a bad night, what a bad way to end that night. If there's any silver lining for the Lions, it's that the last time they came here and the officials messed with them, that ended their season. <laughs> yeah. The Lions had like right. they're like, they are still alive. Um, I'm not sure if they still have a shot at the two seed. I don't haven't crunched that math yet, but they are probably going to be the number three seed, which they were anyway coming into this weekend. They do lose a shot at the two or the one, but they they're in the tournament. They're hosting a, a playoff game at Ford Field. Their destiny is in their hands. And yeah, the road is. I mean, if they would have won this game, Ben, they were four quarters away from having at least the number two seed. Like you're yeah. talking about the difference of going to Philly to play the Eagles. Yeah. Or the the Eagles coming to Detroit, um, or a situation comparable to that. Like that's a big difference, but they do control their destiny, and that I think is the good news. This didn't end their season. It's painful in the moment. It affected mm -hmm. their path forward. Um, but if they play good football, if they play winning football, and I'll be damned if they don't come out with some edge after this one, um, th their goals are still in front of them.
Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they win next week, they're going to match their franchise record for wins in a season. I know they play an extra win, but they're still division champs for the first time in 30 years, still looking ahead. And, man, I know we've been talking about that potential Lions-Rams playoff matchup. What if we What if we get that Lions-Cowboys matchup in a couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to see how it plays out. But, my gosh, yeah, 2019, I'm just looking at that score in disbelief. I just uh, – Props to Taylor Decker for keeping his composure after the game. Uh-huh. Like, I really want to give him props for that because he could have gone off. Dan Skipper knew he was going to go off, so he told us to go the F away. <laughs> so <laughs> he don't need to take that fine. Decker can afford that fine, but just uh I thought I thought Jared Goff after the game yeah. also was very cool, calm, and collected. Real. Um and it kind of was an interesting juxtaposition with what we saw from Patrick Mahomes a couple weeks ago, where the Chiefs were on the short end of a controversial call. And Mahomes, um, I don't know. He whined a little bit. Yeah, yeah, there, there was no yeah. whining. Like even <laughs> no, no. Decker, he didn't whine. He just told you this is what happened and yeah. it sucks, but this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't a lot of whining. I, I just heard a lot of guys who were like ready to get back on the football field. <laughs> exactly. So take solace in the fact that there are good leaders on this team because that's a great point what you said. Mahomes was crying to the opposing quarterback at midfield when they met up on that one and Goff is sitting at the moment like, look, I don't want to get fined. The fix wasn't in, but they messed this up. Like he straight yeah. up said that and they did, man. They messed this up. <laughs> if there's more silver linings in this game, I, I thought the Lions continued to flex some defensive might mm-hmm. you know, as they have in recent weeks. Um, it wasn't a particularly good showing from the offense, you know, not until late. They started fast yeah. and they ended well. Um, but in between was a bit of a misadventure, I would say, from the offense. Um, man, I have never seen that many runs blown up in the backfield by this team. The speed of the Cowboys' defense really confounded them. And if there is a rematch, I'm really curious to see what Ben Johnson draws up because that happened like five or six times in this game. But the Lions were still in it, and st- they, were, they were still in this game and, and lingering, and ultimately able to make a game of it because of the defense. And they played really well. Iffy. Did iffy things again to start this game. Got a pick, three sacks from Aiden Hutchinson, a fumble forced by Kendall Vildor, which came just moments after he had allowed a 92-yard touchdown where he fell down. It was a nice moment of redemption for Vildor. Like the the, like the defense played pretty well. Like that's a pretty good offense by the Cowboys and the Lions. I thought really. Uh, went toe-to-toe with them. They were awesome against the run. I mean, the Cowboys had no luck on the ground. I mean, I think Tony Pollard's long rush of 18 yards was on a third and one or something like that. But, I mean, yeah, man. I mean, C.D. Lamb got his. We knew that was going to happen. I mean, shoot, 13 catches, 227 yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie to you, Ben. I didn't even see the, the final stat line, so you just said it. That's insane. <laughs> Take away the 92-yard catch, and he still has about 130. Yeah. <laughs> so, that I mean, but no, honestly, Melifonwu – has kind of reestablished everything we've seen from him. You know, I I, I, I thought the, the run defense, man, if they play run defense like that, they're going to be in games with people because they showed it tonight. Like, if you can take away the run, I mean, yeah, the Cowboys had a lot of success passing on them, but just the defensive growth, I feel like, continued. It, it continued to show up. Yeah, there were lapses. There were bad reads. Obviously, a, the 92-yard touchdown that should have been a safety. Not exactly sure. I was late getting over to Derek Barnes on that one. He was just talking about the controversy at the end, but I am curious to read back what he has to say there. But yeah, man, the defense. The, this team's path to success is the defense playing better. The offense had some hiccups tonight. I don't think we'll ever see a goal-to-go situation without David Montgomery touching the ball again after tonight. And yeah, I, I felt like Ben Johnson got a little too cute in the first half, but I really do think that they settled into their game plan in the second half. And man, they look good in the two-minute drill. I, I would still like to see more of that because Goff is just kind of comfortable in that Pac-12 after, after dark type of stuff. And 
super impressed with their ability to go down and have a chance to win that game because I thought they were dead in the water after you threw that pick. So resilient team, got some good leaders, tough break here, still division champs, still still more football to be played. Uh, by the way, in the 20 minutes since we've been recording, I've seen SportsCenter play the two-point conversion three different times <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the big screen here. Um, offensively, Ben, yeah, I mean, we we touched on it, but just to just to dive in just briefly because um, we're running short on time. But um, I like I thought Goff was good in crunch time. I thought he like there was just it was just everything was just a tough struggle. Um, he had the two picks too, and you mentioned the the the, the two minute stuff. I mean. Yes, they had the the um, the drive there at the end, which was very successful. But the drive before that, with like six minutes left, um, hits Sam Laporta and then tries to go back to him uh, and just throws a pick right to the safety. Um, There's two plays like that in this game, too. There's another where he was under heavy duress to the right and tried to throw it back across to the left to Montgomery. And uh, our old friend Jordan Lewis um, from Michigan um, anticipated the play and picked it off pretty easily, I thought. Like, it was yeah. just uh, not a good play by Jared Goff and not his best effort um uh, Amon Ross St. Brown had six catches for 90 yards Laporta had seven for 84 a lot of the damage was done and that, that final drive Laporta oh baby the um oh, 25 yarder or whatever it was the, the over the middle I mean that's a big boy catch yep. and throw too but the catch was and to hang on through contact in that in that kind of moment I mean that's that's an all-pro kind of play. Absolutely. And uh, I, I do want to highlight golf's 63-yarder to Jamison Williams because, yeah, great job for J-Mo. Great catch by J-Mo. Goff stood in that pocket and got bowled he got, up. He got, got. And he did, dropped a dime. That's the best pass I've ever seen him hit. And he's hit mm-hmm. some very good passes in the last year and a half. That was unbelievable. Obviously, another tough break for Jamison Williams. Did not return after an ankle injury. Pretty clear limp going on, too. So, yeah, man, Laporta, by the way, in the locker room. I saw I them both limping out there. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. Jamo, and it was like, oh, that does not look great. So that's a tough break. We'll see what happens there. But he did not return. Yeah, man. They have an extra day going forward. Right. Um, Saturday. But with, I, I assume the third seed is going to be locked up after this. Uh, I, I mean, I think they're going to take it pretty easy in the in the regular season finale without much to play for. I don't think they're going to press guys in there that are banged up, just getting those guys right for the, the postseason. But um, in the backfield, I, I did want to highlight Montgomery just briefly because mm-hmm. I thought in a game where the Cowboys defense, the the, the speed of their defense really showed. I mean, the, the, their backside penetration was so good um i wish i had the tfls in front of me but there was there was so many probably five of them on run on designed runs um immediate (laughs) montgomery still ran 14 times for 65 yards which is 4.6 per average uh and then had a i mean the the drive in the in the third quarter seven there's 13 plays 10 of them were runs. seven of them were runs by david montgomery for 44 yards and he finished it off with a touchdown i mean that was just a that's just a man out there uh, doing work. And I think it really shows that for as easy as it is to get caught up in what Jameer Gibbs is doing, how much fun it is to watch him. I mean, he's the biggest big play running back in the league right now. And he's gotten a lot of headlines lately. Um, Demo um, reminded us today the value of having PB and J to having two different flavors because there are games where one of these guys is going to be slowed down, but maybe the other style uh, is a better fit. And that's what exactly what we saw. Like, like Gibbs is what he is. He's he's the better home run threat. There's no doubt about it. He could go off for 200 next week against Minnesota. Who knows? But in this game, on a day where they really struggled to get the the, the running game going, 
Uh, it was Montgomery who found success. Yeah, and he was breaking tackles, and he was doing all the things that we talked about, why they wanted to upgrade Jamal Williams. I mean, he was elusive. He was adding yards after the contact, and you know, I, I think Ben Johnson recognized his mistakes. Like, it was the next drive after not scoring on that fourth and goal there. Bam, get that ball to Timo. Just like, don't overthink it. Give it to your workhorse. Give it to those thunder thighs and let them work. Thunder thighs. <laughs> How am I supposed to proceed? I think we need to wrap it up right there. Uh, Cowboys 20, Lions 19. It's a, it's a real bitter pill to swallow um, with the way this one went down. And uh, you can bet dollars to donuts that um, the Lions are going to remember this one. And I think, like, okay, it's painful, Ben, but I think there's a lot of silver linings, uh, one of which is that I think if we were concerned about the Lions um, and their ability to put the, the title behind them and um, if they were going to be fattened by success, yeah. I mean, something like this is going to punch you right in the face and it's going to reorient you. Um, and I think that's good. They have all their goals in front of them. Um, the path might be a little tougher um, because of this loss, but it's all's not lost. It, 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 I still can't believe I saw what I saw. I know, man. I'm just like sitting here and I just keep shaking my head and rubbing my forehead. I hate talking about this stuff for as long as we have been, but we had to. We had to. <laughs>